Blog Talk Radio. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter in the 8,020th game in the history of the New York Mets. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Warren Fantasy Sports Radio. It's Thursday, January 8th, and I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Aniano, and not with me in the studio, but uh, sitting with his feet up, probably at home on the couch, relaxing, but able to join us nonetheless, uh, as always, on a on a weeknight, my partner, colleague, and co-host, Mr. Eric Corsini. Eric, happy Wednesday, my friend. Uh, Thursday, but yeah, we're Thursday. doing okay. Right. Your day off, but we're used to Wednesdays. <laughs> But uh, I'm actually at the kitchen table, so I'm not uh, in a relaxed position yet. So I'm in a uh, not yet, not fantasy yet. baseball um, prime position here. There so. you go. Fantasy baseball is upon us, and that's going to be the focus of tonight's show. So uh, we got a lot going on. I want to remind everybody the phone lines are open at 347-838-8088. 347-838-8088. Chat room is open as well if anybody would like to jump in and join us in the chat room with any questions, comments, complaints, inquiries, or any other babble you may have, feel free to join us in the chat room there. We'll answer all your questions. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook at War Room Fantasy Sports Radio and Twitter at War Room Radio. And uh, check out the sponsors you see scrolling across the screen, uh, rotogalaxy.com, Steel Scorpion Sports, and rotoballer.com as well. Make sure you check all of that as well. Eric, football yeah. playoffs are on the way. Fantasy football playoffs still going on. People still talking about that, playing in those type of games. But what we want to talk about tonight, uh, it's the new year. It's a new season. It's time to talk some fantasy baseball. And that's what we're going to do tonight with some hot stove stuff, some off-the-field, off-season activity. Uh, And joining us in just a few minutes to do that will be the legend himself, uh, all the men want to be and all the ladies want to be with, Mr. Lenny Melnick. He'll be joining us, answering our questions. Uh, for a little while, and then uh, and then you and I will talk a little draft strategy uh, throughout the evening until we go off the air live here at 7.30. And don't forget, if you're not listening to us live, you're listening to us on demand, you could do so either on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. And just follow us on Twitter for those links as well. But before we go any further, let's get right to it. The man himself, he's with us. Uh, Lenny Melnick on the air with Anthony and Eric. Lenny, my friend, how are you? Yes. I'm doing just good as uh, pondering over a trivia question that was asked today. Uh, who was the first player in the Hall of Fame who had Tommy John surgery? So that's the trivia question of the day. So if that's you want, am I allowed yeah, to answer it, or are we going to are we going to hold out on that? No, go ahead, answer it if you can. The, if it, it, because it's player, it's not a pitcher. Um, if I recall, I thought it was Paul Molitor. Well, get out of here. Okay, next. Is this a football show or, or what? Is it, yeah, you're right. Nice going. Pretty good. <laughs> you must there have you seen go. my Facebook post. That's all. But uh, it's okay. No, I did that's, not. Lenny, no, you should know me long the, enough by now. I know quite a bit of meaningless know. baseball trivia. You know. Your it, mind it, is, uh, you could be my son, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we have similar builds, Lenny. That kind of scares me a little bit. It could, uh-huh, it could be well. the case. All right, on to the next question. <laughs> there you go, there you go. So, Lenny, you're with us, and um, baseball season or preparation, it's on the way. And you yes. and I have talked about it, that uh, actually the hot stove baseball might even be more fun than the actual baseball season to some people with all the moves and stuff. But as as guys get ready to make moves 
uh, and prepare for their draft. A lot of activity going on, and I wanted to ask you and start off with the Red Sox, if you don't mind. Uh, Pablo Sandoval, Hanley Ramirez moving to right field. Fantasy baseball angle, how, how much love do you give both of those guys? I mean, Hanley Ramirez was a first-round pick last year and, and clearly yep. underperformed for that. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, the thing with uh, Sandoval is that uh, you know, four years in a row now, his slugging percentage has gone down. He's going to be changing leagues. There's always, uh, you know, there's always some adjustment there. Uh, he's only played 150 games uh, uh, once in the last four years, and wow. he, he's just not the same player that he used to. Also, uh, surprisingly enough, he only hit 199 against uh, left-handed pitching last year, and that was in almost 200 at bats. So, uh, although in, in previous years he was hitting lefties okay. Uh, you know he's 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 on the down cycle, so I say as far as Sandoval goes and all the hype, all the excitement. Oh, we got Pablo Sandoval and that left field wall. I'm not I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. And then of course you got the Hanley situation. And Hanley, you know everybody's so excited about all these acquisitions. You got Hanley, you got Sandoval, you got the whole thing. But as far as Hanley is concerned, here's another guy. Who is just not the same? He's not the same. Uh, you know, he had shoulder injuries, he had a calf injury, he had an oblique. I mean, he had every part of his body—the uh, hand, the whole thing—and uh, he played last. But I'll give him some credit. If you think about, it, with all those injuries, he still managed to play uh, close to 130 games. So, do you think the, the incentive of being a free agent <laughs> had anything to do with himself <laughs> getting out on that—you uh, know—on that field every day? But, uh, look, here's a guy for nine years in a row. He's had the double-double in home runs and stolen bases, double digits in home runs and steals, nine years. So you can count on him for that. Uh, I'll give him a break for last year with all the injuries and he managed to get himself on the field um, anyway. So I think I think Hanley's a better bet than Sandoval. I think Sandoval's on a serious decline right now. All right, Lenny, now what about – the other, another big moving team, the Dodgers. I, I, I don't necessarily understand all their moves. To me, they they got older. Howie Kendrick, Jimmy Rollins, Brandon McCarthy. Uh, I mean, the only move that maybe made sense was making room for the young kid Peterson uh, to play center field. Now, uh, what are your thoughts, fantasy wise? Any of those guys? A lot of people are high on the rookie. What do you think? Well, anytime anytime a guy goes thirty thirty in the minor leagues, you got it's going to raise some eyebrows, no question about it. But then anytime a guy strikes out almost one hundred and fifty times, uh, you know about sixty one percent of the time, uh, he, he was striking out sixty one percent contact rate. But he was just um, you know he he, he had, I think look if you take a look at if you remember last year, okay, and who did we who did we all clamor over last year? Javier Baez, and then the spring started. Oh, man, mm-hmm. he was racking the ball. Uh, Gregory mm-hmm. Polanco, oh, my God, he's racking the ball, right? All of our sleepers, all of our – I mean, last year, who was it? It was Moustakis, Matt Adams, Peter Burgos, Junior Lake. Uh, who else am I talking about here? You got yeah. uh, Abisail Garcia, Oswaldo Garcia, and all these guys, you know, all, all these guys. Everybody's hyped up. Uh, look, Haley's had his best years, but he's still serviceable because he's eligible at shortstop. And Sandoval uh, is not my guy. But as far as the Dodgers go, 
Peterson, I think, is going to be hyped up. And don't forget, they still got a glut. Van Slyke is not a bad player. Ethier, if he remains on that team, along with Yasiel Puig and Carl Crawford, I wouldn't be surprised if Peterson becomes the Javier Baez of this year. Hmm. Wow. And Javier Baez, I mean, when he came up, people jumped on him. Hit the yep. homers, but my God, if he didn't hit a home run, he was striking out. And yep. uh, he, he was a disappointment. And you know what? That leads me then. Let's just continue talking about the Cubs then, Lenny. Um, a lot of hype coming the Cubs' way this offseason. You know, the, granted, they signed John Lester. They brought in Jason Hamill. They paired Sandwich Aredia in the middle of them. But that entire team is a lot of rookies and a lot of young guys. Anthony Rizzo is a star at first base. Stalin Castro, he might be a head case now. He got into some trouble or, you know, maybe not as much trouble as people thought in the offseason. Chris Bryant, <laughs> Solaire in right field. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of young players there. I, I'm having, other than Rizzo, I'm having a hard time buying the hype on any of these guys just yet until I see it. Well, you know, you know in all the years you've been doing this thing, you, we all know that you just can't win with um, with uh, so many young players. It's just not going to happen. Now, Chris Bryant, who hit 43 home runs in the minor leagues last year, last time somebody did that was also the talk of the town. I mean, if you remember the great career that Brandon Wood had, uh, you know, from <laughs> I mean, he had 43 home runs in 2005, and everybody thought he was the, he was yeah. he was great, eligible at shortstop. So uh, all right, so Chris Bryant's 22. Uh, the only thing we could be pretty sure of is that he probably won't come up till May. So right <laughs> then, you got a situation. Now with uh, Jorge Solar, keep in mind, read between the lines. Now, all right, we're all excited about the all these names. Uh, it's clear that the Cubs, as you mentioned, may have another year or two to go. They signed Chris Denorfrier. Now, what does that give him? Gives him Chris Denorfrier, gives him a Ryan Sweeney, gives him Matt Scher, uh, gives him a whole Mike Alt. There's also someone who can play the outfield. Solar, who came up last year, uh, he doesn't walk, strikes out a lot. Uh, he's going to have to win the job. This guy is not a given uh, to play uh, left field or right field, wherever he's going to play. It's just not a given. Same thing with Bryant. Bryant for sure is going down. Uh, Solar, who was up last year for a little bit, he still has to win a job. So I would I would tread lightly with these guys just the same way we had we should have treaded lightly last year on Polanco and Baez. Yeah, you know, a lot of these, everybody wants that next up-and-coming guy and, Quite often, let's be honest, they just they just don't live up to the hype. One guy who did live up to live up to the hype though was Jose Abreu of the White Sox. I mean, Lenny is Jose Abreu a first round pick next year? He has to be a first round pick, and I'll tell you why. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why, but first of all, here's a guy as I as I've mentioned many times before. The Cuban kids that are coming up, and take a look at all these Cespedes, Puig, Solar. I mean, they're going to have quite an All Star team. Rusty Castillo. Think about that Cuban all-star team of major leaguers. It's going to be quite a team. Uh, as I said, uh, they get recruited at a very young age in Cuba. They go to, they're sent to an academy where they're taught baseball and they play baseball all year long. And when they come to the major leagues, with rare exception now, these guys are ready to play. And I think he is mm-hmm. the real deal. I wouldn't have said that last year, but I learned. Uh, that when these kids come to this country to play in the majors, 
they're not coming from a ball. They're coming from a good AAA team, a uh, good AAA experience, and they are well-schooled, so they're generally ready to play. Is Yasmani Tomas going to be the third baseman, you think, for the Diamondbacks, speaking of uh, young Cuban players? If he's not, then they got a problem, <laughs> because I can't <laughs> imagine them going into the season with Yasmani Tomas in one corner and Mark Trumbo in the other. It's just not going to happen. Now, here's a kid who uh, you know, San Francisco and San Diego were both after him, uh, and he signed with Arizona. But both San Francisco and San Diego were looking at him as a third baseman as well. So uh, he's got potential to hit about uh, – he, he, he is not their Brayu power, but he's got 20 home run power. He could bat in the middle of the lineup. I think he's going to be a very good player. I just don't know if he's going to play left field, right field, or if he's going to play third base. But I will tell you that if he can't play third base defensively, then Mark Trumbo is going to go in a deal for a pitcher. That's what they've said out there in Arizona, and I believe that will happen. They can't go with that kind of defense in the corners. Does Trumbo have any value? I mean, injury-ridden year. Uh, I mean, to me, he's he's the modern-day version of Dave Kingman. I would think he'd have to go back to the American League in DH. Am I wrong? No, I think he's a little better. Tommy Kingman just never even made an attempt. Trumbo at least tries <laughs> to play the field. He can play first. He can play, play the air. Now, Trumbo's not terrible. And you know what? As everybody is saying, and rightfully so, with the power down, anytime you can find someone who can hit 25 to 30 home runs, uh, you know, he's uh, he's got a lot of worth right there. So, yeah, Trumbo does have a definite worth. Yeah, speaking of power, I mean, Eric, you and I have even talked about it, too, on other shows. Lucas Duda is a legitimate fantasy baseball first baseman. Um, I never thought those words would ever come out of my mouth, Lenny. But (laughs) Lucas Duda is a legitimate fantasy and Major League Baseball first baseman. And the Mets, they actually made the right call. They, They traded Davis. They kept Duda. And, I mean... The Mets actually have a legitimate 30-home run guy at first base, Lenny. Yeah, until you find Ike Davis in Oakland will hit 40 home runs, all right? So yeah, uh, well. we'll see about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, wouldn't that be something, right? Oh. Uh, although I did see Ike Davis when I saw him in the Arizona Fall League. I thought I was wrong about Ike Davis. I said he's got the size, he's got the pedigree. But, I mean, he just didn't have any fire in his eye. He had nothing. He had nothing. nothing. He had no field really? presence other than his size. He looked like he was walking through it. And I don't know. I just, just I thought I had pegged him wrong because I thought he was going to be a failure. As it turns out, I could be very right. Um, look, he, you know, he'll never hit, uh, as far as Duda goes, you know he's not going to hit left-handed pitching. He struck out over 30% of the time against lefties. So, Let's take that out of the equation. Uh, but his power is, you know, look, first uh, uh, 30 home run year, uh, it wasn't a result of any kind of spike or anything. His fly ball rate uh, was about uh, 15%, 16%, if I'm not mistaken. And I know he's had a career mark of about 14%. So he's, uh, you know, he this is his game. You know, he's, he's not a great fielder. But he's learned to fit, to play first base, so the Mets will accept him there. And he hits home runs, and that's what he does. So if he can hit himself 25 home runs this year, I think we'll have a nice uh, a nice fantasy pick on our hands. Yeah, L- Lenny. The other team that 
really made waves this offseason was the San Diego Padres uh, with an entirely new outfield now. Justin Upton, Matt Kemp, Will Myers. However that shakes out, supposedly Myers is going to be the center fielder there. And people are uh, tripping over themselves, singing the praises of the Padres. And I'm not totally sure, sold on that. Uh, I've never been, and people call me crazy, but I've never been a Justin Upton fan. Strikes out way too much, and uh, for all his hype, the peaks and valleys are just too inconsistent for me. Um, is Justin Upton a fantasy superstar? Is Matt Kemp back to being fantasy relevant? What What is your take on this Padres outfield? Well, I have heard through the grapevine that Justin Upton doesn't listen to your show. So, uh, <laughs> well, if that he makes listened you... more, he maybe would, uh, li- you know, like strike out less if he talks if, anymore. Yeah, striking out <laughs> less. He's talking about striking out almost 28% of the time. That's a lot. Uh, what scares a lot of people who had Justin Upton last year is that he hit uh, 169 in the month of December, of uh, September, right? And uh, mm-hmm. But here's the thing. People will say, well, 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 you know, playing in San Diego, he's got close to an 18% home run to fly ball rate in Petco, and that's he he does better there than any other ballpark. If you if you believe in stats, then you'll say at age 27, Petco is not going to hold them back from hitting some power. So I think up, up then you can pencil him in for his usual 25 home runs. As far as Kemp is concerned. Uh, he only played two games in center field uh, last year, so he's not going to play center field. Upton's not going to play center field. Kemp, you know, first 47 games of the year, uh, people think he missed a lot of games last year. He played in 150 games, and mm-hmm. he hit 248 in the first 47 games where you would think he wasn't in the, you know, in the game. Only had five from runs. But starting June 1st, he took off. He had over uh, 300, 75 RBIs, something like that, you know, over 20 home runs. Uh, so, you know, he, uh, look, if, if that arthritic hip stays in uh, where it's supposed to be, I think we got a player here, and I think Kemp could, you could probably get Kemp uh, third round, fourth round, and I think he, I think, uh, I think he'd be worth it. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I think Will Myers could be an interesting little pickup. Later in the day, you got to figure guys are going to be. I think guys are going to be down on him. You draft him for depth in the outfield. Maybe he can rebound. I mean, this kid came with so much hype into yeah. the pros. Uh, rookie of the year. Uh, I've also heard rumors that the Padres are still considering swinging him again for another starting pitcher, which uh, yeah. which would be interesting because they do have your boy there, Cameron mm, Maven. Cameron, Cameron Maven, the guy who won labor for me last year. I'm not going to go into that story unless you hold the gun to my head, but he, he won it for me. It was addition by subtraction to make it short. I got Cameron Mabin in the trade, but it was the guys that I gave up that cost uh, Steve Moyer two points, and that's what I beat him by. I gave up Javier Baez, and he lost a point in batting average. Jason Hamels, uh, he lost a point in ERA. So the fact that I coveted Mabin so much, I was able to make that trade and win addition by subtraction. Anyway, so Myers, uh, Myers comes along, wins the, MV, uh, wins the Rookie of the Year in the American League, and we're all excited. Now, he had a wrist tear. He was out last year for about three months, with, and he had wrist surgery, and that's pretty scary. So if you take that into account, you kind of say, well, maybe his wrist was bothering him in April and May because he only hit 227 in April mm-hmm. and May. 
So uh, you figure, okay, his wrist was bothering him. Then he has wrist surgery. And so you got to wonder. I remember when Ricky Weeks, a couple other players had wrist surgery. It took them over a year. It took them a while to get their swing back. But the big thing about Myers, who admitted that, you know, he had a he had a uh, a problem with his work ethic, and he admitted it. Uh, he he would just come up to the plate and swing as hard as he could. He had no preparation. He kind of felt that he had already made it after winning Rookie of the Year. He didn't have to impress anybody, and he admitted all that. He admitted he would just come up to the plate with no plan. Uh, he wouldn't study the pitchers. He just felt that he was that good, where he could just swing as hard as he can. If he hits thirty home runs, he got it made. He's 24 years old, so I think eventually he will get it, but I'm not touching him for this year. I'm worried about the wrist. I'm worried about the attitude, and I don't even know where he was going to wind up, as you said. Yeah, huh. yeah. Um, one last question, Lenny, about guys who change teams, and that's Jason Hayward. Um, came into the bigs, reminded some people of, of a young Daryl Strawberry. No. Uh, was good with the Braves, but never, never what – people thought he would be change of scenery now in st louis are you high on him for this upcoming season or is it status quo for jason hayward you gotta believe i mean jason hayward's a ball player do you know that he's one of the he's he's rated the, the best defensive outfielder in the major leagues he saved 32 mm-hmm. runs with his defense last year and that's the that's the high of any major league outfielder League average for home runs to fly balls is about 13%. He hit it at, he was at about 6.5%, so he's got a way to go. There's a lot of people I talk to who feel that when he got beamed and he got hit in the face with the, uh, with the ball and had all kinds of jaw problems, since that time he can't stand in there against the fat ball. He was hitting uh, under 270 against the fastballs, and... I think it's just a matter of time before this kid gets it. Uh, if he was in any kind of uh, fear or if he was uh, uh, in any way of just you know uh, cautious about stepping into the batter's box, uh, I think eventually he'll get over that. And I think that that this kid is going to be is going to be a pretty good ball player. It could happen this year. He's in a better lineup. Don't forget Atlanta was the second lowest scoring team in Major League Baseball last year. So he's in a better lineup. I think I think Hayward should steal about 20 bases, hit 15 to 18 home runs, and he could hit you about 280. So I'm looking for Hayward. Is he batting leadoff kind of in that lineup? Is well, they say he's going to bat second. They say he's going to bat second. They were going to move Carpenter out of, out of that spot, but uh, out of the lead. But, but 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 they decided to leave him there. So Hayward's going to bat second. Okay, it's a good spot for, now, for him, surrounded anyway. by some sluggers. Yeah, yeah, good spot yeah. for him. Lenny, one last question. Any under-the-radar guys change teams that you see a big spike in production coming their way? I like, uh, uh, let's see, Saunders, Michael Saunders, moving from Safeco to Toronto. Uh, two years with injuries. Uh, I just like this kid. He is a potential. So he only played 78 games last year, but he's got the potential to go 20-20. So I like Saunders. Uh, I, I like him as my number one guy, okay? Uh, as far as other guys goes who may who made the change, uh, of course you gotta like Jeff Samarja, who's he's got such a great uh, 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 ground ball ratio that the fact that he's he's pitching in Chicago is not gonna not gonna do anything. Same with Matt Latos, who moves from Cincinnati to a good ballpark out there in in 
in Miami. So I kind of like those two guys there. Uh, so let me think of who else uh, we could come up with. Should I say Didi Gregorius? No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> and also, uh, even though he's 34 years old, uh, talk about the perfect ballpark for a player. Adam LaRoche, I mean, he just doesn't get his just due. He had some back problems last year. He's only going to play about 50 or 60 games at first base. He's going to be a pretty good uh, uh, DH and a 360 on base percentage last year. Um, he walked eight, over 80 times. That was his career high. He's getting it. He's playing in the perfect ballpark for his swing. That uh, uh, right field in uh, in cellular field is tailor made for home run hitters. So I I wouldn't be surprised if LaRoche comes back again, hits 25. I don't know if he's under the radar, but uh, he's certainly a pick that I'm going to be looking at. Excellent, excellent. All right, Lenny, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on with us for a few minutes tonight. Uh, I know it's a little bit past your bedtime, but uh, we do uh, appreciate you joining us. And uh, yeah, I got to get up early tomorrow to listen to you on Sirius. So you know, this is not fair. Guess what? I, I, I got to get I, up real early. You know, I, uh, I, I what scares me is a little bit. I think you knew I was going to be on Sirius tomorrow morning before I did, which is yeah, uh, I did. Which <laughs> how do you think you're getting on Sirius, you knucklehead? Is that no, it? Uh, uh, no, you you made it on your own. Now. You make it on your own merits. That's for sure. And uh, but I get called. I got a call from Chris uh, from uh, Craig Mish today. All right, and he says, "How do I get into Tout Wars?" And I said, "How much money you got?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, yeah. So well, I uh, saw yeah. those. Uh, are you are you participating in Tout Wars? I saw those lineups were coming out today. I, I started Tout Wars. They have no choice but to but to have me in. Uh, yeah, I'll Which be in Tout in? Wars. I'm in the National League. I haven't won that in a couple of years. I'm also going out to Arizona to be in the Labor League and defend my title. That should be pretty interesting. Because if you remember last year on my show, uh, Rick Wolf made a bet. He said uh, if I if if I if he won Labor last year and he was in second place, that I would have to wear a suit and tie to the draft. And if I won, which I did, he's going to wear my cutoff jean shorts. Oh. Which I found out is not exactly the style. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> took a picture of me wearing my cutoff jeans, and it, it was—it surfaced all over. I mean, it went viral. It was—it was pretty horrible, actually. But uh, I haven't heard the end of that. So, hey, listen, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, and uh, upward and onward. Okay. There you go. Thanks a lot, Lenny, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon, and we'll get this going again. Okay, take it easy. All right, Lenny, be well. Lenny Melnick, RotoExperts.com, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, fantasy baseball legend, and uh, proud to say a friend as well. Uh, Eric, always good stuff from Lenny. And, uh, you know, maybe we go in again, Eric. Maybe uh, we take the ride into the city. We go check out Tout Wars. We go meet up for drinks again. And then uh, maybe this year Lenny Melnick actually shows up at the bar for a beer or two with us and doesn't sneak off and go do whatever it is Lenny Melnick does late at night. Not only knows what Lenny Melnick did that night. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny promised us we'd have a beer with us, and Lenny disappeared. So, Lenny, if you're still on uh, we at Tout Wars, I think that's March 22nd. Um, hopefully you'll be able to come out a little bit after the draft and uh, have a few laughs with us. But uh, thanks again to Lenny. Eric, some good stuff going on there from Lenny. A lot of, lot of teams changing, uh, a lot of players changing teams. We'll talk right. more and more about them. But uh, for the second part of the show here, Eric, what I wanted to talk to you about 
was getting into some, some different draft strategies and some ideas that people are starting to formulate. And the first one I wanted to talk with you was Clayton Kershaw. Right. Last season, 21-3. and His ERA was about a buck point seven. Second. He's obviously a first-round pick. Right. Dominant. Best pitcher in baseball. Right. He can't even be debated or argued. But in this era, like Lenny was talking about, where, where pitching – um, might be on the uptick and, and powers on the downswing, right? We're talking about Lucas Duda as a legitimate home run power threat nowadays. I think that sums that up. Right. <laughs> Are you willing I, to take Clay, Clayton Kershaw in the first round, or do you feel the need to grab that power bat? Um, I was I was looking at it before, and I I would grab the power bat because um, there's there's to me a, it's a pitching league now, and there's a lot of pitchers that you can go and get, and there's not so many hitters in the later rounds. I mean, Miggy Cabrera last year was tied for 11th with a couple other players in the league with 25 home runs. So 11th. So you're looking at Duda in the top 10, right, with 30 home runs. So the power is just not where it used to be. So I'm looking to grab a power hitter in the first round. I mean, like Abreu, um, you know, obviously if you have the number one pick, you take Trout and all those guys. But I'm definitely looking to grab a bat in the first round. Right. Uh, I don't you know your strategy. On I, I would wait on the pitcher. I don't know what would you what would you do in that situation. Say you're sitting there. I, I, I would do the same thing. I would right. do the say, same I mean, say you're I sitting would, there. You know, and uh, you know, standing off the board though, and you know, what would you do? Right. Well, that's just it. Well, to me, it comes down like this: when uh, when I look at the top of the draft, you're looking at Trout, you're looking at McCutcheon. Right. Um, you got I'm looking at up Abreu, there. You got Goldschmidt. Carlos Stanton. Gomez. To me, that's my. To me, those five are my top five, because that's that's big boy power there. Trout, right. Abreu, John Carlos Stanton, McCutcheon, Goldschmidt. Even though Goldschmidt got hurt last season, to me that's my top five. Uh, on this day, the beginning of January, the lot could change between now and draft day in February or March. At that point, you're now looking at guys who are a multiple tool type of player. Correct. A Carlos Gomez, that 20-homer, 30-steal type of player. Adam Jones, who for years I've said is, is underrated, and the reason Adam Jones is underrated is because there's nothing fancy about him. He just goes out and does his job, and at the end of the season, 25 homers, 90 RBIs, 15 to 20 stolen bases, and look at that, Adam Jones, with an average of around 300. Robbie Cano, people like Robbie Cano. Robbie Cano had an underrated year. His power was down, but all his other numbers were great. And people like Cano because they say, okay, I'm winning second base every week. I have the best second baseman. By far. Someone could say the same. By far. And you could say the same thing about Tulowitzki at shortstop, although the injury concerns probably push Tulo to the back. I wouldn't touch him. Personally, personally, I wouldn't touch him. You're going to draft him. He's going to go in the second round. But the problem with Tulowitzki is you're going to draft him in the second, and you're going to have to have another shortstop on your roster. Uh, right. You're not going to be able to play the waiver wire like you will with some other guys because you know he's going to get hurt. Correct. Kershaw becomes relevant in the conversation draft day. In a standard rotisserie 12-team league, I start considering Kershaw 9, 10, 11, 12. In that range uh, is when you start considering him just because you're w- he's winning for you every time out there. Yeah, I mean, it's just obscene. I mean, he he, he is a different a beast at the position for sure. Um, but you know, you look at guys. I mean, in regards to pitchers, I mean, 
I'm just looking real quick at the ERAs, and I'm looking down the list. There was 22 pitchers last year with a sub-3 ERA. 22 mm-hmm. of them. I mean, that's that's a lot of – I'm talking starting pitchers. I mean, that is a lot of starting pitchers with sub-3 ERAs. I mean, mm-hmm. and Kershaw is at 177. I mean, you have King Felix at 214, Sale at 217, Cueto at 225. I mean, Wainwright was 238. I mean, all these guys are up there. Even Fister. Like, guys like Doug Fister, 2.41 ERA. And all these guys have right. whips literally all around one. You know, and the right. first five guys that ran off, all their whips were below one. So, I mean, you're looking at more than one do- – I think more than one dominant pitcher out there. I mean, Kershaw is, is special in his own right. But, I mean, there's other guys that you can get plenty of stats from and wait a little bit on. You know, I mean, looking all the way down at the 21st pitcher in regards to ERA last year was Bumgarner. And he was 18-10. and 10. You know, with you know right, 217 innings pitched, you know, I mean, the guy and 219 strikeouts. I mean, I mean, you're just so, talking about. I mean, you're talking about pitchers. Eric, talk about ERA. You got guys like Jake Arrieta of the Cubs. Granted, right. in a smaller sample, in 25 starts, 2.5. Uh, Tanner Rourke, the Nationals' fifth starter in 31 starts, 2.8. Tyson right. Ross of the Padres. Now, Tyson Ross of the Padres. I loved him. I thought he was terrific for me all year. In 195 innings, 195 Ks, he was 13 and 14. But we talked to we were talking to Lenny. This is a team that's added an entire new offensive outfield. He pitched to a 2.8 ERA, and 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 last year you could have gotten him in round 15. His, his, right. He's going to bump a little bit. But, but like I'm saying, said, like the, the, I, I think we agree that the scarcity of the bats, you have to take one early, especially in the top 10 picks. You have to. There's plenty of pitching out there. There's a ton of pitching. Ton of you know, pitch. when you look at the offensive side of things, um, you know, I'm looking at some of the top offensive players of last season, and you tell me if these players are worthy of being a first-round pick. We know Mike Trout is. Are you willing to take Jose Altuve, who, depending on the scoring system, could have uh, been the second-ranked offensive player in fantasy right. baseball last season? 341, the 56 steals, the 59 stolen bases. He scored you 85 runs. Jose Altuve, in some scoring systems, was a top five fantasy player last year. Top Correct. two in others. Are you taking Jose Altuve, though, in the first round? Uh, I, I can't do it. I, I can't I, I do personally, it, right? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You can't I do agree. it either. No way. No, no. Right? What about yeah. a guy like Michael Bradley, Brantley of the Cleveland Indians? Yeah, I, I, I actually Brantley, like, I like Michael Brantley a lot. But... Now, you know, Mike, it's very tough Michael to pull your trigger on a guy like that in the first round, too. I agree. Like Michael Brantley was a good player, has been for a few years. Last season, he explodes. 20 right. 97, 23 steals, 327. Terrific season. But I, I'm with you. I feel like I can't pull the trigger there in the first round. Heck, I might even be hesitant to pull it in the second round, but I probably will. Yeah, so, what second about round, Victor he could Martina? easily go in the second round. Easily in the second round. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's tough in the first round, even even for us, even for me, to get away sometimes from the, you know, the guy on the, your stats on the back of the baseball card, the guy that's been doing it for a couple of years, the household names. It's easier to pick those guys in the first round. Um, you know, is it necessarily right? Maybe Altuve should go in the first round. You know, maybe those guys should go ahead of other guys. But it's really tough. And, you know, you could face a lot of criticism on draft day. And I think that's why people also shy away from it a little bit, including myself. You know, at, at certain times you're like, how can, I, how can I possibly pick 
like say for some strange reason, right? You you get wild and you want to take Brantley and uh, Miggy Cabrera's on the board, but you're afraid that Miggy Cabrera's gonna like start trending the wrong. You know what I mean? And you want to take the guy on the upswing, and all of a sudden you take him and you're just gonna get ripped apart. And it may his stats are very similar to Miggy's at the end of the year. Their stats weren't way mm-hmm. off of each other. About a five home run difference, and he even stole more bases. Yeah, you know, I obviously stole more bases than Miggy. So you look at it and say, like, you know, is it really a drop-off if I take Michael Brantley instead of Miguel Cabrera? You know? Because the average is the same, yeah. home runs are the same, RBIs are about the same. Well, I'm, I'm just basing it off last year. You know? Right, and, and when you, you look know, at And you're gaining you stolen bases. Right, know? when you look at it, Miguel Cabrera was plus 5 in home runs. He was plus 12 in RBIs over Michael Brantley. But Michael Brantley had 22 stolen bases more. And he's had a slightly higher batting average, and runs yeah. Miguel Cabrera beat him by seven. That, right? It's and he funny had a, and he had a fourteen point higher on base percentage. Uh, yeah. Brantley over well, Miggy. So it's it's a funny conversation we're having. People walk in who don't understand baseball go, ah, Mike Miguel Cabrera, well, Michael Brantley. The numbers don't lie. Michael Brantley also has been healthy. Uh, I should have asked Lenny this too. Lenny's been screaming it about Miguel Cabrera. Be careful with him. He's had some bone burdens injuries, according to Lenny, right. that are worse than what people that they're reporting. And and you know Miguel Cabrera, you you've started to see that body break down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it could be a bit of a risk there. You know other guys who I'm hearing going in the first round, Anthony Rendon, the new wow. Nash, second base now third base. You know you look at his numbers: twenty-one, eighty-three, two eighty-seven, seventeen stolen bases. Another very good player, an interesting first-round pick. But but I don't find any of them, for the better word, none of them to me are sexy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's nobody besides Mike Trout, and I agree with you, that like I want over anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, I agree with you. There's, everyone else seems kind of, you know, generic. Everyone seems kind of the same. You know, some guys are really well-balanced and have some stuff in every category. Uh, other guys, you know, you're paying a little more for home runs. I mean, there's no guy that's just like, wow, I need to get that guy. You know, uh, there's a lot of that. You know, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt, Giancarlo Stanton, Jose Bruce. I mean, if you think about it, what are, what's the difference between a lot of those guys? There's not much there. It's not much different, you know? Right. Like, I'm um, writing, when I write down names right now, Eric, and I look at offensive players. Who, I mean, I'm me, looking at it. Uh, Trout, McCutcheon, I know Goldschmidt was hurt, but you got to go with him. Right. Abreu, Carlos Miguel Gomez. Cabrera. To me, that that's your top five. John Carlos Stanton, there's six. There's, to me, my top six. Trout, right. McCutcheon, Goldschmidt, Abreu, Miguel Cabrera, John Carlos Stanton. So now let's go back to the original question. After those six, the sexiest name on the list. Yeah. Is probably Clayton Kershaw. Correct. Then, so then you can maybe point, discuss you, going after it. Or do you go the offensive piece? The the and just throwing names: the Rendon, Altuve, mm-hmm. Brantley, Jose Bautista, underrated power. He's thirty-five home runs. He's two eighty-six. Adam Jones last year twenty-six ninety-nine two eighty-one. You know, here's the power, guys. And uh, 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 Jacoby Ellsbury, 16 homers, 93, uh, uh, 39 stolen bases, 271. So there, Justin Upton, last year finally cracks 100 RBIs, 270, 29 home runs. 
so these are the guys we're talking about taking over Clayton Kershaw. Right. Good, yes. But in terms of baseball relevance, they don't compare to Clayton Kershaw. So yeah, I mean, they I wouldn't even be close I, to that MVP discussion. Not even close. Right. You know what I mean? Not so even So let close. me ask you this. You pull the seventh pick in a 12-team draft, and the top six goes like we said. Trout, McCutcheon, Goldschmidt, Abreu, Miguel Cabrera, John Collistan. Right. You have the seventh pick. Okay. Are you pulling Clayton Kershaw, or are you picking one of those other offensive players? <sighs> That's a tough. That's a really tough spot to draft in because of what you said. Um, I, I still, I, I, I still, I like Carlos Gomez a lot, and I like Adam Jones. Um, but are they better in that spot than Kershaw? That's a really, really tough spot to pick in. Um, I'm still gonna wait on the pitcher, to be honest, because I, I still think hitting is a premium at this point. I'm gonna wait on him because I just, I saw 22 names. With sub three RAs, guys around 200 strikeouts, you know who can still get wins. I, I'm going to hold off on Kershaw, just because I don't feel like and there's enough for- bats. I really don't feel like there's enough bats. And don't forget, you talk about 22 pitches with the sub three ERA, and right. then you've got young studs coming back from Tommy right. John, Harvey, right. like Matt Harvey, Jose Fernandez, right. Those guys got to be thrown right in the mix. Tommy John is not the death sentence it once was. I can't say these guys are going to be as good right away as they were before they got hurt. Right. It's a long season. you got to have faith in them. Plus other young pitchers who will continue to get better. Zach Wheeler is the first name, the local name popping into right. my head. Guys guys like that. Eric, let me ask you this baseball question. We talk about the, the elbows. Round two, maybe even later, round three, round four. Right. you got Matt Harvey. You've got Tanaka of the Yankees. Harvey's elbow is healed. He's coming back. Tanaka had a terrific season, but his elbow's iffy. You know, he he did pitch at the end of the season. He seemed healthy. He seemed fine. They're both on the table. Where do you go? Do you go with the guy who hasn't had the surgery? And you're hoping he's okay through the year? Or the guy who had the surgery and maybe maybe has some control issues early. Maybe he right. struggles in the cold weather of April, which is entirely possible. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but but you sure. could also struggle with the cold weather too, you know, because of the elbow situation. You know, so both those guys pitching in New York. Uh, you know, there's more of a track record with guys coming back from Tommy John. There's not many guys that that rehab it like. Tanaka did. So I think it's actually mm-hmm. more unknown what to expect from Tanaka than it is from Harvey because Harvey had the surgery. The surgery has been proven to work and rebuild the elbow pretty good. Um, and guys seem to come back just fine from it. You know, like Steven Strasburg and all those guys. I mean, Strasburg not quite as dominant as he was before it, but he's still pretty good. Um, Tanaka's really an unknown. I mean, how many guys I – mean, can you name one other guy right now at the top yet who rehabbed it? I can't. No. So, to me, he's more of an unknown. I do like that he did come back at the end of the year and pitch pretty good. But will it hold up mm-hmm. over a whole season? Will there be more of a, a limit and pitch limit for him? You know, will he be monitored more closely than Harvey? You know, all those things, I think it's a crapshoot either way, but I might take Harvey. 
One, he pitches in the National League, which I like a lot better. Um, and he had the surgery. So I, if you had, if I had to pick between the two, I would take actually Matt Harvey because I'm still nervous about the unknowns of not having the surgery. Where would you be on that? Yeah, I, that that's a fair point, and I agree. I would go Harvey. I think the Mets handled Harvey right. I mean, they right. they shut him down and rest. I mean, he could have pushed and pitched at the end of last year, and they just wouldn't allow it. You're looking no, they at did the right a thing. guy 100%, 100% now. 100% right he's thing. He's going on almost a year and a half of of rehab and rest post-surgery. So right. you got to – I personally, I like that. Here's the thing with Harvey, though. I do expect April struggles. The cold – Pitchers come back from that. At times, they're a little bit wild. You know, you could have a little bit of a higher whip out of him, some increased walks and whatnot. But uh, over the course of the season, the heat of the summer, I'm not as concerned. But you talk about pitch counts and limits. They're going to limit him. You know they're going to limit him. It's part of the reason the Mets have the the pitching depth going eight deep organization-wise right now in the starting I mean, they've developed – they've done a real good job developing pitchers. They really have. Yeah. I mean, that they've got – uh, three kids now in the minor leagues, and Steven Matz, Noah Syndergaard, and Rafael Montero, who who are, if not major league ready, close to major league ready, and considered very highly uh, in in baseball talk. And they've got six guys on the major league staff that are all legitimate major league pitchers. Yep. So it's a nice situation for them for them to have. Eric, my next question for you, and it's funny, a year ago this guy was the buzz of fantasy baseball. And that was Billy Hamilton. Everybody hey, wanted him. Billy Boy. Right. He's going to steal a, a thousand bases. Yeah. Uh, he's going to figure out a way to steal. Steals. Steal. Yeah. He's going to figure out a way to steal first. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that was I mean, good. I like that. <laughs> so you know, especially in a rotisserie type of league, guys reached for him. Uh, I thought way too early. Uh, right. And 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 I I don't believe in it. He ended up being, and I know it's he's a rookie. I get that it's a rookie. He's a rookie, uh, you know. But he did end up hitting only two fifty. Right. He did finish with fifty six stolen bases. At the he was same time, three times. Yeah. Well, you know he's going. Yeah. You know, you know he's gonna go. You know, at the same time, as as guys were drafting, you know, Billy Hamilton, or or if it was in an auction, paying. $25 for Billy Hamilton, there's D. Gordon, who, mm-hmm. the truth is, went for a buck, if even, was undrafted, and there's D. Gordon, who was a waiver wire pickup sometime in April or May, and he finishes the season hitting 289, which, granted, he was hitting 320 before the All-Star break. He cooled off tremendously, but he right. finished with 64 stolen bases. Now, he's going to the Marlins. And his trade, he's going to get drafted, I think, too high now. Yeah, he's going to, they, people, people I think, are going to buy in too quick on him. So, so when you look at in a rotisserie league, are you looking to spend or, or draft early that speed guy? Or are you look, willing to work the waiver wire? Or maybe draft those... You know, when I say speed guy, I mean a speed-only guy. To me, that's right. what you get. Maybe you're getting runs from these guys. Or are you looking for the uh, as many Melky Cabrera types as you can who are going to give you 15 homers and 15 stolen bases or the Hanley Ramirez, the double-digit homer and steals? 
uh, how early are you willing to go for that speed, that stolen base only guy? Um, me personally, I never, I, I really never draft the, the like the one to me the one category guy. I never like to draft that guy because I, I'm drafting him and I'm going to get hit in other categories pretty hard sometimes. I don't really really care for that too much. Like Billy Hamilton, yeah, he stole 56 bases. And like you said, 250 average, 250 average in this day's baseball is not terrible. Um, but a 292 on base percentage, you know, and he struck out 117 times. Then you look at you know uh, D Gordon, you know his there's no power there, there's no RBIs there. You know, his average dropped to 289. I mean, what are you going to do with these guys? I, I would much rather take a, a balanced player. Like, to me, Jacoby Ellsbury, um, obviously he's, he, he's up there, way up there. Um, you know, Starling Marte, guys who can get 30 stolen bases and hit 13 home runs to, and bat 290. Those guys are so much more valuable to me than the guy who could steal 60 bases. Um, you know, I feel like if I get a couple guys that could steal 20 to 30 bases – that's better than having and overpaying on guys who can steal 60, and I, I just think that's a much better approach. And that's the way I draft, and I never buy into just these speed guys because, you know, sometimes these speed guys fizzle out too, and you know, after a while, they're killing you in other categories and killing you, not even not even helping you at all. So that's where I stand on that. I don't know where you stand on it. Like, where would you dra- would you draft a Billy Hamilton or a D Gordon? As high as they're going to have to go, you know what I mean? Because guys are going to go high on them. You're not going to. To me, I, I'm not comfortable taking them very high in a draft. Yeah. See, for me, if I'm, if I'm, I got to see how my team shakes out early. For example, right. if my first round pick is John Carlos Stanton, and then I decide in the second round uh, to grab another big bat, maybe a uh, Jose Bautista type, and then third round, grab my, my number one starting pitcher in the third round, a, a Felix Hernandez, an Adam Wainwright, whoever's available in the third round. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at my team and I don't have those 15, 20 stolen base guys. I see what you're saying. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now maybe I've got to reach a little bit earlier for the 60 steal guy to make up for the lack how, of the How early would you go on Billy guys. Hamilton? How early? Uh, ten, Tenth round. Tenth round. He's going before that, you know. He's gone. I'm, I'm convinced he, he was I'm, terrible. I, I, I understand that, but in, in most leagues, I think people are going to overbuy on the hype of the steal still and think that in his second year, he'll bet for a better average. I mean, I was looking at um, – I have it right here. Um, but way too early, our first 2015 fantasy baseball mock draft from um, Fantasy like USA Today. You know that somebody took Billy Hamilton in round two at the nineteenth overall pick. Billy. So yeah, what I'm saying to you is, is, like you said, round ten. There's eight rounds in between what happened in this and what you think. So I, I think he's gone way before round ten. So you, right, you know well, what I mean by that or no? Yeah, I understand, and that's my prejudice towards what I still feel is a steal-only guy. Now I could be wrong. Billy Hamilton could walk in this season, hit 285, provide 100 runs scored, and, and the 80 stolen bases. Right. And, and now all of a sudden you're looking at at least a guy who's giving you three categories in a standard 5x5 five five league. He's giving you the runs, he's giving you the steals, and 285 is more than a respectable batting average. You're thrilled with that. So yeah, I would even take 270. Case, 
I'd even take two right. seven. If he, if you can guarantee those numbers, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we could be talking a year from now. You know, January of twenty fifteen, uh, twenty sixteen, and be saying, yeah, Billy Hamilton's a, a borderline first round, definite second round pick because he's a two ninety hitter. He scored one hundred twenty runs and he stole ninety bases. And and now your theory changes. I'm drafting Billy Hamilton, and then I'm saying to heck with steals the rest of the night. Yeah, you you could you know, almost but, you know you don't need any twenty you don't need any guys for that. You yeah, can draft a lot I'm of the categories. I'm drafting boppers and and that's it the rest of the way. I don't care if they go station to station. I'll draft every Lucas Duder out there and, and collect twenty five <laughs> to thirty home runs from everybody else, and right. let them just either you know hobble around the bases. You know, D. Gordon, D. Gordon's going to play. And if you look at the second base position, it's not, you know, it's not glamorous. Who do you want at second base? Uh, uh, you know, the, the Dodgers just, I, to me, it makes no sense. Who do you want, though, Howie Kendrick or D. Gordon? I, I'd rather have D. Gordon fantasy-wise. He's going to bat yeah, in the top of that Yeah, between those two, I now, agree with you. Uh-huh, 100%. You know, D. Gordon should be in a position to score a lot of runs now. Right on that Marlins team, you know he's he's ahead of Stanton, Yelich, Azuna. You know, offensively, it's a pretty good team they're putting together in Miami. His job is going to be to get on base, steal second, and he should have no problem coming around to score. I actually like D. Gordon better than Billy Hamilton. Uh, yes. Just because I might actually try, try, uh, trust the Marlins lineup more than the Reds lineup, because Joey Votto's always hurt in Cincinnati. Jay Bruce was terrible last year. They just added Marlon Bird. He's been good, but eventually he's got to start playing to his age. And Todd Frazier and Brandon Phillips. Frazier's very good. Brandon Phillips is on the decline. I actually like the Marlins lineup, the younger lineup, a little bit more than the Reds. I, I may rank D. Gordon a little higher than uh, than Billy Hamilton. Right. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I also think that they, you know he's going to play there. They traded for him. I agree with you on that. I don't really understand the Dodgers really giving up. I, I guess I do, but I, to me, Howie Kendrick's nothing special. He doesn't really – I mean, I think he had seven home runs last year. I mean, he doesn't really strike me as much better of an offensive player than D. Gordon was. I, I don't know how much more he brings to the table. And he's, and he's, an older, he's older as well. I don't, I don't really understand a lot of the Dodgers' moves, to be honest. But, um, you know, you discussed that a little bit with Lenny, too. Like you said, they get older. I don't. I mean, I'm kind of stuck on that. But you know, D. Gordon went early in this draft. You know, you got guys like Kemp going in the second round. Altuve went early in the second. Ryan Braun still goes pretty high. You know, gosh, when I'm looking at this, like these drafts, like I think about what the numbers used to be. You know what I mean? Like when you're drafting Barry Bonds, I mean that's a number one pick to me. You know, like 70 right. home runs. You know, like ridiculous <laughs> stats. There, there was like, I think, I had it before in front of me. Maybe there was 20 guys last year at 100 RBIs. Maybe? Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers are so down. That's why I think you got to get the guys. I think, okay, there was actually 12 guys last year who cracked 100. 12 players okay. cracked 100 RBIs. I mean, that's And Adrian Gonzalez led the league with uh, 116. I know it used to be guys, the A-Rod numbers, 150. I mean, so... I'm, draft, I'm trying to draft well-balanced players still. And like you said, I guess you got to really see how your draft shakes out because I guess if you do take one of those boppers, if you do take Miguel Cabrera in the first round, that's one steal a year. 
So now you maybe need a guy like Billy Hamilton or D. Gordon in there to counteract that and try and average out the steals. So even even Altuve. Now see, if we talk about steals, guys, to me Altuve is the top guy there. Yes. Yeah. Because he seems because pretty easy. Because three forty-one. Three forty-one, fifty-six stolen bases. So if you told me, all right, I'm going to draft Miguel Cabrera at five, and I could get Altuve coming around to me in the second round, and now I walk away going, all right, I got three, two, three hundred hitters. One of them going to give me the power. One of them going to give me the steals. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. You know? Um, and you should if you get those two guys. You right, and you should. It. You know, otherwise you're dealing with the Carlos Gomez's, who is, again, a better pick, I think, than them. Because although he's giving you the 30 steals, he's giving you the power. He's the ideal steal guy. It's those, it's those one, I don't want to say one tool, but maybe two to a two-and-a-half tool guy. Right. You know, the runs the steals, and hopefully batting average. Those, to me, are always very tricky to pick. And, and I'm looking, you brought up the RBIs, and, and, and it's absolutely fascinating. Gonzalez, Trout, Miggy Cabrera, yep. Nelson Cruz, Jose Abreu, Stanton, Pujols, Ortiz, Jose Bautista, Victor Martinez, Justin Upton, Johannes Cespedes. That's it, 100 RBIs. And I've talked about how I don't love Justin Upton, 171 strikeouts last year. Although, I mean, how can you can't complain Mike Trout struck out 184, but he's still Mike Trout. But, you know, Victor Martinez, people aren't going to draft Victor Martinez in the first round. He's 35 years old. People I mean, aren't going to draft Jose Bautista in the first round. They're not going to draft David Ortiz, Albert Pujols. They're not going to draft these guys in the first round. Adrian Gonzalez, he's not going to be a first-round pick. Right. And, you know, what, 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 what's mind-boggling about it the most is, like, you say a guy like Altuve, right? Batted 341. He's not going to improve upon that. Uh, I think, you know, even if he drops 30 points on his average, now think about it, that's a lot of points, 30 points, he's still going to bat 310. 310's a really good average this day and age, like really good. So mm-hmm. I, I, he's definitely a player that I'm looking to get in that second round, to go with one of the power hitters you could get in the first round. And then you take, you know, then you really kind of have to take your first starting pitcher in round three, I think. Right. You know, you, you can't sit a, on a pitcher a nice forever, way to but... Yeah, that's a nice, that's way, a to nice way to draft, start though, your huh? team, though. Yeah. Right. You grab that power early, the speed with the average in the second round, and uh, and that's it. If I draft an Altuve, now I'm mixing in, you know, if I could get a, a Melky Cabrera as my mm-hmm. third outfielder who's going to give me 15 and 15, that type of guy in the third round, I'm, I feel okay about things as my draft goes on. Eric, one last question before we wrap up for tonight. Nelson Cruz, right, forty homers, hundred eight RBIs, two seventy one. I remember last year in one league I drafted him. It was round twelve or thirteen. I got him super late. Now this year he's coming off the monster year. He's now a Seattle Mariner. Right. We know what that does with power numbers. We saw it with Nelson with uh, Robbie Cano. Literally cut him in half. Any other any any other player, Nelson Cruz would be in the conversation as a first round pick. We haven't even mentioned his name though. What are yeah, your thoughts on I mean, him? I, there's no way I would take him in the first round. Um, I think the only way for him to go next year is down. Um, you know, even with the 40 home runs, he only drew, like you figure a guy with 40 home runs would drive in more than 108 runs. But you know, the 271 average, not that impressive to me. Doesn't steal any bases. Um, he's really a two two and a half category guy. So now you're, ta- you're saying you're taking a, 
you know, I mean, I guess runs is there with the 40 home runs. Like, all right, so he averages out to be a three out of five, you know, four categories, whatever you want to call it. You know, is that what you're taking in the first round now? And, you know, he's yeah. been linked to the PEDs. You know, God knows he could get suspended again. I mean, he bounced back and hit 40 home runs, not saying that he's on anything, but he does have a, a connection at some point. And it seems like these guys can't stay away from it once they get a taste of it. You know, you know, no matter what seems to happen, they just try something else until, you know, I'm not saying he's doing that, but, you know, to come back at 30, high 30, got to be in his late 30s now, mid to late 30s, and hit 40 home runs. I know he played in Baltimore, but, you know, it's kind of alarming, you know, and he got the contract now for a couple of years. He was playing on a one-year contract last year. I think it was just like a perfect storm for him to get one last contract. And I'm staying away from Nelson Cruz unless I feel like I could get good value for him a little bit later than most people would take him. Um, I'm not sold on him because of all those things that I just said, plus going to Seattle, and maybe that cuts off 10 homers there. So now you're looking at 30 and a 270 average. You know, it did improve Cano's average. You know, Cano still hit it for a high average there, but also Robbie's also seven or eight years younger than he is. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see him being – nearly the player he was in Baltimore this last year. I don't know your thoughts no, on it, no. what round you would take no, him in. Uh, I, I wouldn't even Nelson draft him, Cruz. to be honest. No, I would still draft him. Uh, I'm not going to draft him as early as people will draft him. Uh, you tell me what Nelson Cruz is going to be. I'm saying Nelson Cruz is going to hit 270, 25, and 90. So to okay. me, that still has a lot of value um, yeah. in, a, in, a, in the fourth round. Yeah, um, I, wouldn't, I, you know, you, I, was, I was thinking – I would take him even a little later than that, like fifth or sixth round. If he's there, I'll take him. But I'm not upset if I don't get Nelson Cruz in my draft. I I'm not upset about I agree. it. All right, folks, the time now is already 7.30 if you're listening to us live, and we are just about out of time. Um, a lot going on. Busy, busy schedule right now for Warren Fantasy Sports Radio, so I want to talk to you all about that. Uh, if you like the sound of my voice, which I know many of you do, uh, tune into Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Tonight, in about an hour, 8.30, Series 210 XM87, I'll be a guest of Kyle Elric and Ray Flowers' SXM Fantasy Drive Show. We're going to be talking a little uh, fantasy football playoffs and whatnot there. And then also, coming right back tomorrow morning at 6.30 in the morning, uh, I will be joining Adam Ronis, I believe, and Scott Engel on the Roto Experts Show, Series 210 XM87, again, to talk some playoff fantasy football with those guys tomorrow, Friday morning at 6.30, as Lenny mentioned earlier. I uh, want to remind everybody, Eric and I should be back, hopefully now, with our regular time Wednesday, next Wednesday at our normal 7.30 start time, so hopefully you could join us there as well. Follow us on Facebook, War Room Fantasy Sports Radio, Twitter, at War Room Radio, and uh, feel free to send us any questions, comments, complaints on our Twitter page, our Facebook page, and uh, we'll happily get right back to you. Special thanks to Lenny Melnick, for joining us tonight and talking baseball, you'll hear Lenny with us quite often throughout the baseball season. Eric, uh, not as much fun with you not in the studio, but anyway, thanks I missed for your face. Uh, I missed your face. That's all I have to you say. You should. It's a, it's a good-looking face, my friend. It's a good-looking face. But as always, thanks a lot, and I know you got things to do on a Thursday night, so you go rock it like you always do. Yeah. Uh, this, has been f- <laughs> this has been fun, everybody. Like always, thanks a lot. We'll see you again next Wednesday night, 730 Eric, have a great night. Everybody else, enjoy your weekends, folks. Good night, everybody. All right, good night.